Hey, Street Fighters, what the fuck is up? Wednesday night, time for a street fight. You know what it is, the basement show, the original shit. Brian and I set out about eight years ago to create some disruption and dissent in this world. Tell people to not stop following Republicans and Democrats and working together uh, to create something better. So we're here so that we can have a horizontally organized party of folks across the entire flat earth to get together and create something better than what we got going right now. Um, It simply starts with a radio show uh, out of the heart of it all, Columbus, Ohio, 614 area code. I'm Brett Payne. He's Brian Quinby. We're the stri- we are the number one anarcho comedy radio show on any station across the nation. I have uh, been enjoying the Three Frogs IPA from Elevator. Uh, we just recorded a bonus show where we watched What Would You Do on Patreon. So I'm ready to go. I'm feeling it. I'm excited about wrapping things up when it comes to our tour. We're going to be in Texas in October. You can see us in Austin, Texas on Monday, October 14th. You can see us in Oklahoma City on Wednesday, October 16th. Dallas, Texas at Sons of Herman Hall. Dream venue. My goodness. It's just like out of history. I love it. One of my favorite places to see things. Uh, That's going to happen on Thursday, October 17th. And then in Houston, Texas. And I'm telling you what, you go see these other shows in Austin and Dallas and Oklahoma. If you live in maybe uh, New Orleans or Shreveport, Houston, Texas, we're doing a combo street fight and party world wrestling. It's happening at Houston Underground on Friday, October 18th. Maybe try to figure out a place if you can sleep in someone's house or something, but we want to pack that motherfucker out. We can get like 500 people in the joint It's going to be a huge party. Street Fight Radio is happening early. We're going to do our show from like 7.30 to 9. And then Party World Wrestling is doing their thing from 9.30 to 11. And you better believe uh, we're going to get in there and get down and dirty. Uh, I cannot wait. I've been texting back and forth with the the party lord himself. And uh, tickets just went on sale for all those shows. If you go to store.streetfightradio.com, you can get your tickets now. Get on the list. We do not sell actual tickets. Um, I do feel like as a collectible type person, it would be neat to have some sort of thing that, you know, people could save and all of that. But then I also do not want to create any more waste. I do like computers so that we don't have to print something out and then have a have it mailed across the fucking country and sent to you. So we just do a guest list. You show up. You give them your name. Uh, we will check you in. Um, if you can't do that, we always have uh, some tickets available at the door. If you want to show up, um, you'll be able to pay with cash. Uh, I know a lot of you are trying to avoid uh, banking transactions, so we do take care of that. And if you if you need financial assistance at all with any of these tickets, um, we're not trying to leave you out at all. Um, it's just a matter of making sure that everybody can get there and on can get there and be well rested, and we have comfortable, reliable transportation and food and all of those things. And Really, what's the most exciting about this is that we're going to Texas and we're bringing Kath Barbadora with us. Uh, one of my favorite podcasters, What a Time to Be Alive, uh, ranks as the number one for me that I listen to every single week and get excited about. She's such a brilliant uh, comedian. I can't wait to see her stuff. Um, apparently, she's getting uh, she's getting it all together because she's going to open for Patton Oswald soon. 
and I couldn't be more excited about it. This Texas tour is just incredible. Like things just keep getting better. It's it's unreal. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I get to be in a wrestling show. I mean, I get to do my shows too for wonderful Texas people. So I'm like, I have I have gaudy glasses. I have a gold chain. I'm trying to figure out how I get a fucking like satin robe in time. Like, do I just rent one? Do I just go to the thrift store? Do I eBay? I, we're going to be performing in a wrestling ring, hopefully. Like, I want to run the ropes. I want to get some bruises. Yeah. I mean, I, hey, I'm willing to get beat up. If they want to beat me up, they can beat me up. And I tell you what, PWR make a hu- made a huge mistake because as a fan, I'm an asshole. I get, I'm yelling, screaming, trying to get involved with every single match. You put me behind the scenes, I'm going to get passionate. I, I don't stand for any fucking cheating, uh, any of that. Uh, lying, any of that bullshit that, you know, people just wink at, you know, they, they let these people take advantage of the ref and all that shit. Um, I, I like to see a good, clean wrestling match. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't mind if people cheat. One of the things that got me into wrestling originally was the fact that guys cheated and I was like, yeah, real sports guys would cheat too. They just don't show it. You know what I mean? Like, it was just kind of, uh, that was one of the things that originally got me in. So I'm a cheaty guy. So uh, we'll see. We'll yeah. see what happens there. Once again, store.streetfightradio.com is where you can go to see those shows. Yes. Yes. Go to store. Go to the store. Buy some shit. Make us some money. Yeah, we do have guys, gals, non-binary pals, and the very cool Hellfire Congregation Tour shirt uh, available. It's in a very safe gray color, has very tough graphics with hard steel and flames and the flat earth. Uh, it was done by uh, one of our favorite artists, uh, Dave Davenport. You can find him on Instagram. He's at dogspunk or dogspunk. Yeah, whichever way you decide to uh, pronounce He's that punk. is fine. He grew up in a biker house. It was funny, actually, when I asked him to do the graphic, he said, uh, oh, I, I know, I said a rocker patch, and I didn't know if he was going to, you know, how much he knew, and he was like, oh, I grew up in a biker house. I know exactly what you mean. Like, oh, this is great. Perfect. This <laughs> no, is I don't know what a rocker s- patch synchronicity. is. Synchronicity. But... This is like all, this all works out. Yeah. Oh, crumbs. Uh, So, uh. We got a couple things this week, I think, that, that'll tide us over for a little bit. But let's uh let's start with some interesting news that was sent to me. Oh, motherfucker. Google- That's me, I'm a motherfucker. Yeah, I am too. I mean, obviously. Everybody that fucks a mother is a is a motherfucker. This is from That's the Guardian. New, it's a new Disney tune. Yeah. This is a new Guardian. This is a Guardian article that was sent to me in my DMs. Um and uh, I, I want to read this. The anonymous members of Il Padrone de Merda, crappy boss, staged protests outside employers in the in- Italian city who are accused of exploiting their workers. Tight. On a warm summer afternoon in the Italian city of Bologna, I'm trying not to say baloney, basically. Yeah. <laughs> a, group of around, a group of around 15 young people marched through the crowded street center at a high-end pastry shop in Strada Maggiore. Once there, they don they don white plastic masks, and a few start plastering the full length windows and doors with stickers that say "Questo posto ha un padrone de merda." Uh, first of all, I'm a Spanish. Yeah, I, I did little, Spanish little rusty. courses, and this is Italian, so I don't know how to say it. Okay, this place has a crappy boss. 
is what it means. Okay. While an activist with a megaphone reads testimony from an employee who says he hasn't been paid for months. Nice. As curious passersby stop and watch, the owner confronts the protesters, trying to grab the megaphone and dislodge the masks of some of the protesters. When he calls the police, the group quickly disperses. Um, I guess, like, I want to clear... I I, I want to, you know, make sure that people are following. What, what this is, is in Italy... There is a cr- group of people who put on white masks and they point out crappy bosses and they yeah, they march around. Yeah, it's stickers that said this place has a crappy boss, like a notification sticker. Right. And which that is like a good sticker to make. That actually is a sticker that like you could get like if you if we just had piles of those stickers for people to get if they have a crappy boss to put on the outside of buildings cuz i mean the the thing i think the thing the first thing i thought about this was like man like every restaurant and every small business is going to have one of these signs well i mean yeah it doesn't make sense and uh, i mean it should be more common and i would say the fact, I mean, I don't know what it is like. I don't know what the culture is like over there, but I do feel like this should be happening more often. It's not. If your employees get to the point where they're doing that, you earned it, right? I mean, you what, brought one, this upon yourself. You were the boss. You could have uh, treated these people in a way to the point where they wouldn't plaster the front of your fucking business and throw a fit like this. Right, right. Uh, people are generally pretty easy going people put up with a lot of fucking bullshit that's we talk about it on this show every week yeah people will put up with a lot of shit and if, if 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 people are showing up outside of your business and they're telling people how bad you are the the problem is with the small business tyrant a a type of person that i'm a hundred percent an expert in uh they would never take they would never take this as advice. They would just hire all they like they would rather just hire all new people than change the way that they do things. But the fact is, if more people knew that the people that own businesses were bad, then they would not go to those businesses. If that if that makes sense. Like it, it's kind of a there is solidarity out there. I think that people do feel solidarity with people who are in bad situations. We just kind of don't have a way to tell each other what who is bad like people who don't make a ton of money or, or maybe even like low wage workers or restaurant workers or people that work in retail they don't like really have like they don't have a place to talk about these kind of things they don't have a place to form a general consensus of what a good place is and what a bad place is. Yeah. You know, cause I don't think people are that unreasonable with what they want from a boss. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the, uh, so one of the horribly confusing stand up routines I tried to do like forever ago when we were doing that, uh, revolved around the idea of setting up a fund so that, uh, people could get a job like, like, uh, meter monitor, and do it terribly and we would give them money when they got fired until they found a new job we would just make sure that they go there and and salt or whatever i I feel like with the amount of fundraising that goes online uh, goes online right now we should be like the way the trillbillies did with that strike um they were able to raise a considerable amount of money for the people that were on strike from that for that coal and if if folks were to make a big bold 
stand altogether, I believe that like it's very obvious that there is money available for that. I mean, we would obviously support something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think the thing that get the thing about this that I really like, and and let's uh, let's go ahead. Sorry, but uh, do you see Chris Caesar? Uh, I had I didn't actually. I was. Well, I just, I mean, it, he, he, you know, he came out with it. He was like trying not to be an asshole, but he worked for the Boston smoke shop, which is probably a pl- like we frequent smoke shops all the time. Right. Like all around yeah. town. Yeah. Uh, but the guy that ran it was like a fucking uh, sex trafficker and like stopped paying people and shit. And he just like aired all this dirty fucking laundry about him all over. Wow. And try and tagged all these people and is just spreading the word. And it's like, at this point, it's like, what else are you going to do? Like, th- we we have lost so much ground when it comes to employment that this is a way to put them in front of the customer. Right. I want to create. I want it to be like, I look, Street Fight is a way that people can talk about this kind of thing. But it's not like a really good uh, kind of underground type of communication. And it would be really great if we could figure out a way that people can trade information because there's just no information on a lot of jobs. You know, if I was able to go and tell people what happened when I worked at Lexi's, the, the, the diner that I worked at, then maybe some people wouldn't have gone there and that high turnover, he wouldn't be able to just do the high. He wouldn't be able to do that. It's very hard. I think for people it's hard to organize anyway, but it's also very hard to even find out what the bad jobs are. There's not like a big board somewhere that we can go to. And the thing is when you're working these jobs, like the jobs I had when I wasn't a podcaster, that information would be vital for a lot of people. Like the information of what am I getting set up for you can do that a lot of times with tech jobs and with higher paying jobs you know what am i in for that you can google it there's glass door and stuff like that and we kind of really need one for for service workers and people who do you know labor and stuff like yeah. that because it's it's it, it is hard the strata major protest was one of many held since the padrone de merida group was set up in january in bologna a wealthy city known for its food and its university the group targeted 16 businesses over the following months mostly restaurants and bars renowned for lasagna tortellini and tagliatelle al ragu uh I don't know what that is. An inauthentic variant of which is known as spaghetti. Okay. Whatever. Who cares? The city has lively and growing, has a lively and growing dining scene with more than 400 restaurants, pubs, and cafes in the central zone. Yeah. One for every 37 residents. So, which is, it's a bit. So there's, so they have skills that are in, in, uh, that are in demand. They can go somewhere else, right? They can go get a (laughs) shitty job anywhere else. But this person is like the worst. I mean, the worst of the worst. I'm sure they they are used to a shitty fucking situation living in a town like that. You know? Oh yeah, and I think also it's really one of the things that that one of the things that they don't talk about is is like a lot of the workers in a place like that do have a certain amount of uh, skill. Because they're working in, I mean, all labor is skilled. I'm not saying, but I mean, like pastry chef is like a hard thing to be. It's not the easiest thing in the world it's a hard con- to just become. This is, but this is, no, this is the central fight of our existence. This is really 
I mean, at the end of the day, regardless of how ugly someone's like theoretical politics are, um, whether or not we respect somebody that can coordinate food that gets ordered and brought to our table, you know, in a timely manner, like that's, that's it. Like we, we do not respect that in any sort of regards. We, we do not pay or provide anything for people that provide that service. Right. You know? And here's another it's, interesting. It's treated as like a, a punishment job to make you work harder to go somewhere else. Yeah. And and it says the combination of education as fo- and, and food has earned Bologna the nickname La Data La Grasa. And that means the learned, the fat. And means a ready supply of students as cheap and easily exploitable labor. Which, right. living in a city with an enormous college campus... That the way they exploit those people that Constant. go to that school is it's horror. I mean, on top of just the landlord shit, the slumlord stuff, all of that shit. UPS the jobs are bad. There. The, yeah. You working at PJ's, a place that serves sandwiches with fucking uh, hot dogs and French fries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you're not getting treated well, and you're probably not getting paid anything. And they're just bringing money in because they have this group of students. You know, yeah. The turnover on campus is crazy, right? And um, and, and it's it's you know honestly, um, it's people that they shouldn't be uh, worried about that kind of thing they should be focused on like their education right they shouldn't be working i feel yeah. the same way even about like high school kids i mean you know you know my beliefs on high school kids i just don't think any of them should be working yeah i don't think there's any reason it, it, it really grates on my nerves i've had i know some people that didn't have to work and they were like i wish i had a high school job it seemed like a lot of fun and i'm like <laughs> i had one and i do not want my fucking daughter to have one i don't either i've said that well and you know there's a multiple well, reasons I, w- I don't want my daughter working but one of them I, is like just focus on this the yeah. school and growing up there is enough going on there that you can just yeah. spend your time focused on this i signed up for 18 years yeah you know what i mean just let me deal with yeah. the 18 years yeah you don't have to be on your own yet <laughs> yeah and it's like uh also you know teenage girls at fast food restaurants and at retail and stuff just are treated i mean it's got to be a lot worse for them than it was for Absolutely us is. and it was bad for us you're you held know? hostage uh, you're uncomfortable you don't feel like you're you have any power and uh yeah it, it's a it's a horrible situation yeah the university students are especially vulnerable to illegal benefits free employment because they need to pay for their studies and see it as transitional says francesco di vicente of the film camp phil chem's trade union the situation has worsened over the past decade because hard-up parents are giving less and less money to their students says one of the padrone de merda activists who uses the pseudonym david the padrone de merda movement started after a group of young bologna residents started to share stories of their work experience and saw they were very similar says one of the founders a university student who uses the pseudonym barbara which is like a burgerville thing (laughs) it's this it's what we even do here it is is the thing that that is almost what cured me in a way do it that's one of the reasons this podcast has been good for my mental health because it was like oh no i'm not like just a loser that can't work it like i am part of the problem i'm sure but i'm not the whole problem like i i am I am not the whole problem in these situations. Yeah, I mean they need they need failures. They need you to fail so to for them to profit, right? Yeah. 
The first group, <laughs> the group's first action targeted a bar accused of sexual harassment of employees. Yeah. Then we opened the Facebook page and received many more reports. Barbara continues. For example, there was a pizzeria that changed employee that changed employees every three months, and where the owner insisted on being called La Signora, the lady was. So it's just like, call me the lady. Yeah, she's just like, I'm in charge here. I'm the big boss. Um, there, I mean, that's the small business tyrant thing. I mean, it's and chefs, it's, and chefs are even like bigger tyrant. Like there's a lot of, like we talk about the small business tyrant so much. And I think we make it the manager of the place. Well, sometimes. there's a lot of different configurations, really. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, and, you know, when it comes to restaurants, um, what we found from all the TV that you watch, from all the stories, from all the lived everything, um, you you know that there are there are people that have a passion for food and they work and they grind and they build something up. And then there are folks that are, like, able to get a few hundred thousand dollars and are really just were like, I would love to own an ice cream shop. Mm -hmm. I would love to do a Asian fusion. They yeah. just get it in their mind. And so they will find like a bulldog. They will find someone that's like fucking cruel to mean and be like, this is a perfect manager. Mm -hmm. You know, I can be on autopilot. Yes. I'll just sit in the office or I'll sit at home and watch them on cameras while this person abuses the shit out of everybody that comes through here. Right. The things I've heard about a lot of chefs have been brutal. Like the, the treatment, uh, you know, my sister came up as a chef and, and like did a bunch of different jobs and worked for a bunch of different restaurants and has told me stories that shocked me. And it, yeah, you like, have to put up a lot working for people that seem nice when I meet them. And then when they're working, they're, you know, kicking how they get shit buckets done. over and fucking screaming at you. And, making you do shit by yourself and not helping and shit like that. And it's just like, like the way they yell it, the way I felt very early on, because it's something about dues paying for a job like that to me that bothers me because they're not paying you to pay your dues really. And they're treating you like crap. And it's not like some guarantee that when you get out on the other end of paying your dues, you're going to make a bunch of money. You, you probably won't right. usually, you know, so treating, Treating people whore, like using like in a lot of restaurants, they use the fact that people want to be chefs, that people want to move up in the restaurant and maybe someday have their own thing or develop their own menu or do something. They use that against people the same way, you know, radio stations use it against radio talent, journalists like journalists and journalism institutions use it against journalists. It's like, well, I can just get somebody else in here. But yeah, and but it pays less actually than a lot of those jobs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the Facebook page is really smart because I think if something like this were to happen here and people would start doing this and it would start drawing attention to this thing, I think you could do the same thing here. This is a model that would work here. I mean, yeah, I think Burgerville is this is similar. I think what you see is that um, when enough people break through the narrative of like, this is just how work is. When you see like a few dozen people stand there and say, we're not going to take this anymore. Um, the paradigm shifts. It changes the atmosphere of everything. Uh, the Burgerville people had to cave. They were just like, fuck, we don't know what to do. Uh, fine. We'll get, we will give you this. A lot of fighting, not saying it was easy. Oh yeah. It took a but long time. They agreed to it and just to keep selling hamburgers and shit. Yeah. So, and I do feel like it doesn't come down to 
how can you make people comfortable in doing this? How can you make sure that someone isn't risking their whole fucking life or they're, you know, they're going without groceries to, to make a statement like this, you know? I think the masks are very cool. I don't know if you can do that in the United States at this point, though. Yeah, You're that, really not that would be troublesome, fucking yeah. mask these days. I think it's about people, I think it's about finding people who don't have anything to lose that are willing to put themselves on the line to do something like this. If, if it was... In this country, I think because you can't mask up, you, you'll you get arrested. You'll get beat up by the police but or think, whatever. But if it was people like me and you and people with higher paying jobs that just have little extra bit of time that can read the complaints and then relay those complaints out on the streets, that could work. That is something I mean, that I think is not an impossible task. But yeah, and everything is there. Like you can make your own coverage. You know, if 12 people get together and stand in front of a place and say, don't go here, you know, we're striking. Yeah. I mean, that works. no one can really stop you. I mean, there's, if you don't have a contract or not, like you do it until there's a ruckus and then you turn that into something. Yeah. Right? It works. It, and picketing works. Like I mean, there's been wildcats have been successful in recent years. Um, we need to like it's like we need to, we need to get like some sort of crowdfunding together just to provoke people to start walking off the fucking job, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's about a few successes, and there's been yeah. a bunch of strikes lately. Actually, it's I it, mean, it, it is has, happening right well, now. Yeah, the United someone, Auto Workers are striking. Someone right in now. the chat said uh, they wanted us to mention that. The yeah. GM workers that are let me uh, get all that strike. up here because uh, there's a bunch of it. Actually. Thanks, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, right now we are we're going to be uh, potentially we're going to be moving over to the Means TV channel. Uh, they're going to try to have like more content going 24 seven like a Fox News thing, and we want to get our ship pushed over there. So that's coming in the near future. Uh, a team up. Uh, I did see some dissenting comments on Reddit, um, which I appreciate because y'all. Keep it real. Everybody else is always so rosy about things. Um, you know, Means TV is not like in control of anything. They're not like uh, this behemoth. Uh, it's Nick. It's Naomi. Uh, I'm working with them for a lot of their business decisions. And we're just trying to get together a big, gigantic library of content uh, so that we can launch and people will be satisfied. And then from there, move into something that uh, will be more, you know, like, I don't know. It'll say, we're trying to trying to do new shit here. Trying to be do a completely uh, work our own co op thing with uh, everyone that's involved, all the entertainers and everything. Have our own platform uh, and move away from like you know Bezos and those and YouTube and all that shit. Eventually, I mean, but right now this is how we're getting it out. You know. Yeah, let's look into this in USA Today. The GM kind of story within 36 hours of the united automobile workers strike against general motors the detroit automaker announced a decision to shift worker health care payments to the union immediately a strategy that risks dragging out the strike labor negotiators say they're pouring gasoline on the fire said harry katz the jack shankman professor of collective bargaining at the school of industrial and labor relations at cornell university this induces the workers to get more angry gm thinks this will scare them or get them to rethink the cost of their benefits i think it's going to backfire it's quick rash and insensitive uh in response to criticism gm spokes spokesman pat morrissey referred to the company's statement released tuesday 
We understand strikes are difficult and disruptive to families. While on strike, some benefits shift to being funded by the union strike fund. And in this case, hourly employees are eligible for union paid COBRA so that their health care benefits can continue. Wait, the union plays Cobra? Cobra's the worst fucking deal on the planet. <laughs> Nobody gets Cobra. Nobody uh, pays for Cobra. Cobra Nobody. is like, co- Cobra just makes you fucking mad. Cobra is a kick in the gut when you're on the fucking ground. Yeah. If you don't know, Cobra is uh, that it's a guarantee that you can maintain your health insurance. You get the same premium that you were paying before, but you have to pay like a 2.9% processing fee. That's the Cobra sting. That's the venom. It's like a 2% fucking uh on top of it so like you know for my wife that was paying 700 dollars a month for health care they were like well we could get you the same health care for 710 a month now that you don't have a job you right know? right um i'm looking i'm trying to get like the full story of the auto worker strike because i think it is important that we talk about it and uh it, it's been very big it's it, gm is uh gm is trying to cut their health care is what I believe. Yeah, and which is, uh, I mean, at this point, it's an expectation of of benefits, you know, as far as what is regular status quo. We're, like, the the reason we have jobs is because they give us fucking health care. That's why you want to work for a company is because you can get fucking health care paid for. Right. Here it is. Here's the whole story. The United Auto Workers Union went out on strike against General Motors Sunday night, the first work stoppage in the U.S. auto industry in 12 years. The union's nearly 50,000 hourly full-time and temporary workers walked out at 31 GM factories and 21 other facilities spread across nine states, mostly in the center of the country. It's the largest strike by any union against any business since the last strike in GM. Fuck, is there? Who knows, man? These fucking ads. Brian's doing an ad for uh, Jackson Lewis, the uh, strike busters. It's fucking, uh, it's CNN autoplays ads, and I can't turn it off because I'm stupid. The media's all bought and paid for by General Mills, man. It's off. Sorry about that, folks. The strike started at 11.59. Okay, I'm sorry. That so distracted me. Just start it over. The union's nearly 50,000 hourly full-time and temporary workers walked out at 31 GM factories and 21 other facilities spread across nine states, mostly in the center of the country. It's the largest strike by any union against any business since the last strike at GM in 2007. The strike started at 11.59 p.m. Sunday night. The two sides did not formally meet Sunday after the union declared its intention to strike at a morning press conference. Although union spokesman Brian Rothenberg said that the dialogue between the two sides was ongoing, a new meeting of the two sides is set for 10 a.m. Monday. The union said that GM was putting profits ahead of employees who helped to turn the company around when it went through bankruptcy and a federal bailout a decade ago. (coughs) I believe that. Yeah. I mean, everybody had to bail out GM. We all had to chip in to bail out gm it wasn't anything their genius board did or anything like that right you know the seat gm took a bad deal though didn't they go bankruptcy ford paid their people through i don't remember what gm their deal was who knows i'm just saying someone correct me i'm i'm just saying the gm I'll give you a gift if you correct me, if you tell me the deal. The union is seeking hourly, higher hourly wages, lump sum payments, and a better profit sharing program. It also wants GM to agree to limit the use of temporary workers and give them a clearer path to permanent employment. Love it. In addition, the UAW says the two sides are far apart on other issues, including healthcare benefits and job security. 
that is that that's an important thing that this union is really grabbing that that is good about this this strike is because a lot of times some of the antagonism toward union comes from temporary workers people who come in and work as a temp in some of these factories and then there's no real clear path to get hired on it's just kind of like well you can apply in 90 days i guess if you want to and uh then you know it causes like it causes the temp workers to have problems with the union workers in in the way of like oh you know they don't have to do this they don't have to do that and and it it, it really does cause like a schism between people that have the same interests pretty much right you know and there really is like in a lot of these factories i worked at uh bed bath and beyond uh warehouse at one or no bath and body works warehouse and i did a few other jobs where i was attempt to hire and that path is so muddy and so many people i know that have done temp work or contract work they just use them for cheap labor for three months and then yeah. kick them out the fucking door because yeah. that's what they do yeah i was gonna say the workforce at that point should be like you know we're relying on x amount of people like they they should just be on we should have them as regular employees so that we can continue to maintain production numbers like right like, like bring it like temps temps do make sense in a in a voluntarious world that i dream up in my mind but it's like uh, but like for holiday seasons for you know when when there's certain times in the month when you need them but if you constantly have temps if you constantly are hiring that's what we always had a, a hundred temps hired at the right. fucking warehouse Everywhere it didn't matter when it happened I mean, like they were just the always there, and it was like you're just using you're using them to bag clothes because you don't want to pay. I make twelve fifty an hour. Uh, you pay eleven dollars to their owner that mm -hmm. then pays them nine, and yep. they bag clothes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I've, I, I mean, I did the bat bed bath and be the bath and body works. I was a temp there. And I was making seven fifty an hour. I don't know what the other guy, the other people that were working were making, but I think it was like significantly more than seven fifty an hour. And they were making us work the mandatory overtime, and you know, kind of letting the employees off because they didn't want to pay the employees right. for their time and a half. They would rather pay us for our time and a half. And uh, I've seen that happen at countless jobs. The cable company is a really good example of using temp workers to uh, squash any union stuff because at the cable company it was like okay we could theoretically go on strike like if we wanted to the service workers and the and the installers and maintenance could go on strike but they have a ready amount of temps in that they could just bring them in and just do the work and just get the work done and and it's the job's the same at at, at the cable company at least it's like Every job is kind of the same and the quality is the quality and that's just what you get. So, and it's not a hard thing to learn. So I think, uh, I think the temp stuff, I hate temp work and I hate contract work and I hate independent. Yeah. Independent contractor work. I just think those two things yeah. are two of the worst things that's happening. I mean, right now. yeah, I did mystery shopping, uh, and it was horrendous stringing it all together. And I was conscious of like, how much gas I'm burning up and how much time I'm taking to drive around and do these things. Uh, and it's just work has become more and more precarious. And right. uh, something like making a fucking vehicle is should be a goddamn reliable thing. I, I know. I, I don't want I don't want anybody involved that just got thrown in here and and are, is temporary. You I know, mean, I, I want a trained fucking employee making the goddamn car. 
That's really, I'll say this, that's really the main thing with this, is like, if you're building a car, they should pay you well to build the car. That's the promise of yeah. these jobs, almost. Like, that's like, that's like uh, the Anheuser, for example, in Columbus, the Anheuser-Busch factory. The promise is that if you can somehow work your way into that job, you're going to get paid a bunch and you're going to be taken care of because there's a union. And that's the same thing with with the Honda plant in Marysville, Ohio. That was one of those jobs that everybody talked about when I was growing up. Oh, I'm going to go to Marysville and I'll just temp and get a job, you know. But I knew so many people that drove to Marysville every day, about 45 minutes out of town. I knew so many people that drove there every day for three to six months and then they would be like we'll extend your temp another three months but we can't hire you yet we'll extend your temp work another three months but we can't hire you yet and i knew people that would get through like a year and a half being a temp and just be like i don't think i'm gonna get the fucking job fuck it you know this is a waste of my time and money yeah, it's it's um it's awful. It's because you know uh, greed took over and people decided that they could outsource a lot of the production of stuff that we all want. So we're we're having it all made somewhere else and then sent over here to save a few fucking dollars when there are people that are ready to sign up for things and you should just pay them to take care of it and we should pay the price to make sure that the someone that goes to work and puts together the fucking glass on my new fucking Dodge Charger is not stressing about their fucking security at work. They're not like fighting for like the number one position amongst a bunch of crabs in a bucket as a temp. You know? I also do agree with you on the thing about like, I, I, they do all send the ch- jobs to other countries, obviously, Wait. but it seems like even when they keep them here now, they make it so there's only a, there's a smaller amount well, of employees than there are temps yeah, and contracts. We, we, we did watch the first half of the Obama warehouse fucking documentary and there was an auto glass manufacturer that was paying $30 an hour. It closed down and then someone came back and they were making like $13 an hour. Yeah. And like it, that's it's absurd. It's just not acceptable and like the more that this stuff spreads around, I hope we can have this conversation. I haven't seen anybody throwing a fit. I just think they're going to ignore it, you know. Uh, yeah, people uh, well, that, the people auto that, worker thing is like people that read Atlas Shrugged. They're probably having a meltdown. They're a little worried right now. <laughs> well, let's let's take a look a little further into how this is affecting people. General Motors said it made a substantial offer, including higher pay and profit sharing, along with investments to bring new group. You know, General Motors, a really good thing that we could do is just take the whole place away from you. And we all just share the profits. Right. That's a move that I like. It said it offered to commit. To invest $7 billion in coming years to preserve 5,400 jobs. Okay, that's not, like, that's a commitment to pay your employees for yeah. seven years. That's, that's not, that's, like, not a thing that, that, like, your offer was to just pay your employees for seven more years. Yeah. You know? It also promised a solution for two of the four plants currently slated for closure. One in Detroit and another in Lordstown, Ohio. The company did not say what the solution would be. They're going to offer them the chance to move to keep their job mm. or they're going to offer them to be temps. That's what they're going to do. The, the solution is always either, oh, hey, yeah, you can move for this $20 an hour job right. if you want to move like somewhere else in the country. To And, you know, I don't know what the amount of money is that you move for, but it ain't. 
it ain't a, a twenty dollar an hour job. You know, you're making a hundred grand a year before you're starting to think about moving yeah. for your job. Yeah. Like, what is the number, really, to think about moving for your job? Like, the only way I'm thinking about moving for my job is for a half a million dollars. I might move across the country to do something, well, you know? Well, when we moved from uh, when we moved from Columbus to Dallas and from Dallas to D.C., well, and from, yeah, every time we moved, uh, Erica's employer paid for it. Yeah, yeah, but it's just, it's like, what is it worth to, what kind of, how many jobs are it like as a general sort of laborer sort of thing? Like, is that the type of thing that you move to do? You know, like uh, to work in a factory, you move yeah. to work in a factory. You up, it is. I you mean, just cut yourself off from your support system and your family and everything you know, and you just go and you're like, okay, fine. Now I live in Lordstown, Ohio. I guess yeah. you know. I don't think I don't think that's I, a reasonable thing to ask people to do. I, you know what though, my dad was. Uh, he laid fire brick and he was like a journeyman when I was a kid and he traveled around the country building like these gigantic kilns, like the size of our football fields and shit for industrial use. And, uh, like the work, you know, he had to eventually stay home as, as we got older and the work started drying up and he was looking at stuff like there was no more raises all of a sudden, you know, like the front office was just saying it's real tight right now. And he looked at, you know, switching jobs and it was like a really fucking shocking thing to do. You know, it was like, uh, I feel like you do get some folks do get in a way like really just want to do one thing. And, and I, I mean, I understand it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you'd like, you know, you, you might move if I was live if I wasn't, a, if I wasn't a homeowner and I was renting a fucking house and there was my $20 an hour job was moving. And I didn't have to learn everything all over again or start at 12 somewhere else. Fuck, I'd move for $20 for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I, I guess I'm not the type of person. I, I think a lot of people who work in these factories are probably people with families. Yeah. And people. You need something reliable. In, you, want to, you want reliability. Right. And if you're in like, again, Lordstown, Ohio or Hamtramp, uh, Hamtramp, Tramp, uh, in, in, Hamtrack in Detroit, like yeah, we were just there. I don't know why I can't say the word. It's but, fun uh, to say wrong. I mean, it's just an absurd spelling. Yeah, the UAW has vowed that keeping the plants open will be a key bargaining demand. Late Saturday, it said while there had been progress in the talks, there were still significant differences between the parties on wages, health care benefits, temporary employees, job security, and profit sharing. Those are I'm I'm reading that list of things. Let's yeah. just check off that list of things. Let's how look, important look they are. Let's go one more time. Uh, wages. Yeah, that's why we're here. The most important thing. Yeah. yeah. The, what's the second most important thing? Healthcare benefits. Also, which, by the way, Medicare for all would mean that GM doesn't have to pay for that. Well, True. technically, don't have to pay for that anymore. So maybe we still be scraping. The capitalists should make us make stop fighting it so much. Temporary employees, which I think is again temporary employees, <clears throat> they're getting fucked. And the other workers are getting fucked by virtue of them being there. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and job security and profit sharing. I think profit sharing, I mean, honestly, in my world, profit sharing would be a requirement at every yeah, job. Yeah, I think so, it too. It would just be split evenly, I think. No, I mean, I think, like, um, I was listening to uh, Beep Beep Lettuce, and uh, they said they mentioned that a CEO, what they do at their job is they do a, a risk-reward 
a math statement on the back of a napkin. Like that's what they do. Yeah, I believe right. that. That's, yeah, and I feel that is what I do too. Like when everybody's like, "How's this tour gonna go?" I sit down with a spreadsheet and I just put the numbers down. And say if we sell this amount of tickets, I do all the numbers and say like, "This is what we need to hit." I do not deserve more money than everybody else that does all the other things that makes the money that we're going to fucking get. It's funny because there's a certain amount of like any job you do, once you start owning the business, you start treating like what you do as magic. In yeah. A way, oh, yeah. Like, where you're like, I'm just like, I'm a genius. <laughs> yeah. Because I'll be like, oh, I've got to work all week. And it's like, what was work? Oh, it was listening to Tom Likas for seven days yeah, and yeah. then like saving audio clips so that I can play them and me and my friends can talk shit about them. That, I mean, that is a time consuming bit of work. Right. But you can be doing other things while you do that. But yeah. I can wrap just by saying I have to work, I wrap it in a bunch of magic. Right. And that's what CEOs do. They just wrap it all in magic. They're like, yeah. no, I'm working fucking 80 hours a week. And it's like, you're not, you, you fucking are not working 80 hours a week. Every second that you think isn't work. That's not the job. Okay. That's true. <laughs> yeah, no, they consider like everything that inspires them. They're like, you know what? If I wasn't out here on this roof in an infinity pool smoking a cigar, I wouldn't know about the good life and be able to sell our brand so eloquently. <laughs> yeah. They think every thought they they like mentally clock in for every thought that they have and then clock out when they're done thinking, you know? Um, GM said this is a scuzzy thing that GM, of course, we all know that these companies do this every time there's a strike. GM says its average hourly employee earns about $90,000 a year, not That's including great. benefits. But the number of hourly workers at GM has declined sharply in recent decades due to a combination of automation, lost market share, and outsourcing. But GM so, still builds the overwhelming majority of cars it sells in the U.S. market in North America and has far more factories in the United States what, than it does in Mexico or Canada. What changed? Are they saying they lost money? Right. There's like, if you, like I sign, like when, like, you know what you sign, if you're signing up to pay these people that much, like to get your shit done, like you just have to pay for it. You just make more money. That's what you have to do. I know. I, that is the thing too. You, you said that when we got back from the hellfires where you were like, you know what? I stopped freaking out about money. Cause it's just basically like when we run out of money, we just got to make more money. Yeah. Like that's, that's how I'm like, that's, and that's how I think now it's like, well, I mean, if the money's bad, we just have to figure out how to make more money. Yeah. And then we'll come have back. that. Come back, kids. By the way, that is what a CEO does. That's right. like, that's like real CEO work is thinking that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> how can we turn this around? Why can I make these things? How can I connect these dots? A real business owner, <laughs> a real business owner really does just think. No, I, I know what I got to do. I got to like make more money. That's right. really the important thing. That Now, there are ideas and stuff that come in there. I, I think the ideas are valuable. I think I, I'm not saying that our content isn't valuable or that it doesn't take work to come up with what we're going to do. I'm saying that it is not the same as a person working on the line at an automobile factory. Yeah, I I, yeah, I just believe that there is a lot of money. Like ninety grand is probably 
you know, for a couple dozen employees, it's probably less than a third of what the C- some people on the, the board make. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like those folks could probably make 90 grand as well and it would solve all of these problems. And it's like, how can you not fucking get by on 90 grand? Yeah, I know. I don't understand how. Make it work. Yeah. Make it yeah. fucking work. Go to the, you're going to go to the same pool as me. You're going to go to the same public pool as me. You can go to the rec center. You're not going to go to fucking private schools no more. Everybody can go to those. Get fucking used to it. I'll be straight up. I could live very nicely on 90 Everybody grand could. I know. I mean, very, like, with, not with ninety for grand one a person year making that, me, yeah, yeah. That we're looking at, we're we're just looking at it like a CEO. If we were like, hey CEO, you make ninety thousand dollars a year now, they would have to downgrade their life a little bit. But if you said Brian <laughs> Quinby, if you said Brian Quinby, you're making ninety thousand dollars a year now, I would actually be able to like upgrade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would not be able to spend that amount of money if That's I did. a lot. <laughs> He'd be like, I feel like a piece of shit because I did actually start uh, a savings account. You know, I feel <laughs> really bad about it. Uh, I'm investing in the future. Stocks, you know, kind of make sense now. Yeah. Now they got a lot of extra money. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not getting into stock market. I know, I'd I rather know, just I know. play roulette to tell no, you the I know. truth. It doesn't it's make the same sense. game, you know? It was the need to save money for those efforts that GM halted operations at three U.S. plants, including the assembly line in Lordstown, and announced plans to shut the Hamtrak plant in last in Detroit factory last year. But negotiations came as the union is hit by a scandal involving misappropriation. I'm not going to read that part. That's not what we care about. Last week, the Detroit News reported that the union's president, Gary Jones, was the unnamed union official. Okay, yeah, we're not going to read about the indictments. You know, whatever happens with the union happens inside the union. And that's all I'm going to say. So I guess today... Again, uh, the the GM decided that they were going to cut off their health care and make the union responsible for the health care three days into the strike, which I believe that sounds like a really that's like an evil tactic. But the thing that I like is that like union people who are standing on a line, union guys, gals and non-binary pals who stand out on a picket line, they, like they understand what the what the business is doing probably better than a lot of us do for sure and uh that that is like a good plus i mean it, it is nice to see people striking and and that they're not company men and and uh i think i saw another strike too i want to give a uh i want to get big up but cool for the uh uaw well, i mean keep it rolling you I, know I, I recorded a bonus show with nick from means tv our the first episode of small business tyrants and uh he talked about you know being a kid and getting involved with gm ad campaigns and how they would have like a budget of like a half million dollars and you know they would do all these lavish things and shoot that shit and he saw it just get whittled down and down down to the point where he was like dealing with a budget of like ninety thousand dollars you know thirty thousand dollars and just trying to squeeze everything out of people you know yeah yeah so yeah I, I I think uh and like those talents those talents of like video editing of like graphic design have been like Overtrained. We have a lot of people that can do that stuff and are competing and are getting paid less. You know, they're trying to do the same thing with coding by getting everybody doing that. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that that means that you're making less as that means you're making less as a coder. And it's like ninety k. I'm down with that. That's a fucking great. I love that number. 
what ninety thousand yeah. dollars a year is like a good well it's because it's like maybe you like flip baseball's uh memorabilia on the side to get your hundred k you know like you know if you want to get a hundred k you're almost there there's <laughs> a little bit of effort but 90 with healthcare, everything man fucking settled like i love it yeah so i'm looking at uh a good buddy of mine kenzo shibata uh love love that boy uh one of the yeah legendary one of the best wrestlers of all time uh, no you know. this is kenzo from uh chicago oh yeah he's like yeah he's one of my favorite wrestlers he's a so. heavy union guy he's i know a union yeah, guy sorry he's very very strong i was thinking of the wrestler and Shibata. uh oh kaiser permanente too actually went on strike let's look into that because uh i think we should cover all the strikes we should we we do bad sometimes when it comes to that stuff because yeah. uh we're lazy when it really comes down to I'm it, not in charge of it. That's true, too. I'm just a reaction guy. All right. Let's look at OPB news. I just don't read anything. I'm sorry. Um, okay. Here it goes. A union coalition representing 80,000 Kaiser Permanente workers announced Monday they will be walking picket lines in four weeks. Union leaders said the October 14th walkout will be the biggest strike in the country since a Teamster strike against UPS in 1997. Damn. Hours later, top Kaiser executives decreed what they called negative corporate campaigning and an aggressive approach. I just, I mean, <laughs> nothing's more aggressive than underpaying people. Yeah. To me. <laughs> yeah. Cutting them out of benefits, telling them that you're not getting the same thing you had last year. You know, we're not doing cash bonuses anymore. Instead, it's a lottery for a, a honey baked ham. Yeah, the coalition of Kaiser Permanente Union says it's planning a nationwide strike to last seven days over alleged unfair labor practices at the medical nonprofit. The union said the NLRB charged Kaiser with failing to bargain in good faith. Union officials laid out a set of four priorities that they're aiming for, including, let's do it, a true worker management partnership. That's one of those things I always talk about. Wouldn't it be great? To just not have managers. <laughs> yeah. For sure. <laughs> Stay, safe staffing, which in a medical, you know, we've heard a lot from medical workers recently and, and Brett's sister's a nurse. And I've heard from a lot of people that are or nurses or home health aides that safe staffing is a real issue that they're not staffing enough people to handle the amount of issues that they have. Yeah. And they're making people work. These in ridiculously long shifts to the point where it becomes even un like you're talking about unsafe to do like a medical procedure. They're doing work so long that it's unsafe to fucking drive home. You know, like it becomes dangerous to drive back to your house after you get off work. A plan to build the workforce as well as raise wages and benefits. The union statement went on to criticize Kaiser practices such as. Raising rates for patients, not treating enough patients with low income, and allowing high executive salaries included a reported $16 million annual salary for the nonprofit CEO, Bernard J. Tyson. Nobody makes, in my world, nobody makes $16 million, except for me, and then everybody else, nobody makes $16 million, so I like need it. Extra really? a little bit, yeah. I need, for what? Like jet skis and shit like that. Okay, you know, it's like I'm just, like, but there's gonna be a library of jet skis, so you don't have to like keep it at your house all the time. Some needs. I just have needs. Do you, you know? maybe you can get well, like maybe you can get like a VIP card where you go move to the front of the list of the library. I <laughs> okay, okay. I'll take the VIP card. You guys can all vote on that, but it's fine. 
you know, the planned walkout would affect people and jobs ranging. I'm going to say I'm not. I'm going to throw my gold card away. I'll, I'll wait in line with everybody else. Patiently. Oh, I'll take the gold card, like the celeb card that I can just get what I want. I hate it when I can't get what I want. It's the worst feeling in the world to me. Drives. I, I had to go do something today. I wanted to go get my my cherry drinks okay. I wanted to go and they didn't have any oh my goodness and i fucking melted down i was just like i can't live like this this is killing me yeah like so i just need to be able to have everything i want when i want it okay it's important for me i think other people can like live without it people are much more mature than i am and able to handle those what things. if there, but i'm a baby if you I had an app if there was an app you couldn't just sign up for a weekend would you be cool with that like to just go pick something up when you show up I don't know, man. I don't know if I like this. Uh, Our, you know what? The Columbus Library, this is amazing. They do, uh, you can get uh, free passes to the Wexner Center of Arts. Yeah. Uh, here's here's a good one. The planned walkout would affect people in jobs ranging from optometrists and x-ray technologists to vocational nurses and housekeepers. In a statement, the union coalition said picket lines will be set up at Kaiser Permanente hospitals, medical office buildings, and other facilities from the northwest to the east coast. I, I want to say, I want to say something because I don't think there's any other way to do this. Okay, that's the when you're when you're dealing with a company where the CEO is making sixteen million dollars a year, and then there's people saying that they're underpaid. There is not another way to fix this problem other than striking. Strike is, striking is the only thing right. that you can do because it's right. the only thing they respond to. So what is uh, Monday evening, Kaiser Permanente released a statement from Tyson blasting the strike announcement as an overt effort to gain leverage in bargaining. Yeah, no shit. We never have leverage. Right. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, they think it's that. fair that we have any leverage at all. I know you're not allowed to stop working. That's unfair. You have to always work. It's like, no, we're not going to. Whenever, whenever the workers get any sort of leverage, they're like, oh, this is bullshit. Okay. I'm supposed to be the one that tells you all the stuff. Boss, you know how that works out, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, I hope. I hope that they get this taken care of. Obviously, you don't want them to strike. And uh, but if they do, you know, hey, go on strike. Striking gets the goods. That's what I'm going to say. I mean, I, I, I think it is catching on. I would love to see a lot more of it, but it is uh, inspiring. And I know people are down with it. I, I think that more folks understand it and uh, we need to make it nor as normalized as possible and Get it happening fucking everywhere. Right. And if you are in the UAW or if you're in one of the Kaiser unions, uh, feel free to call us on Sunday. Feel free to DM me. We'll get you through on the lines. I'd love to talk to you about the actual situation and what it looks like for the workers there. Yeah. Uh, let's let's take a look at a, another story about workers. Tesla factories are not as safe for employees as Tesla would have you believe, according to a report from RevealNews.org, a nonprofit news operation based out of the Bay Area. The company reportedly misreported injuries at its facilities in Fremont, California, to make things seem better than they actually are. Company officials labeled toxic exposures, muscle strains, and repetitive stress injuries as personal medical issues or minor accidents requiring only first aid, lowering See, its official yep. injury count. This is that god shit. Like when you when you when you when you subscribe to the idea that there are these superhuman people that are above us, CEOs uh, or tech geniuses, these people are just as fucking stupid as us. They forget their keys sometimes. They are not alpha level. They aren't prepared for everything. 
And this is this does feel like a thing where we're going to save people. We're saving humanity. We're making the car of the future. It's electric. People can. It's so safe. You, you know, you don't even have to. Uh, the computer takes over, and it's safer than you know. There's no human error, and so the people that make it have to die a little bit faster than the right. rest of us. This is from New York Mag. I I, I wanted to say it's an article by uh, it's an article by Madison Malone Kirchner. Um, among the more baffling details in the report, this is what I wanted to get to, Brett. Among the more baffling details in the report, there are several sections about how Elon Musk's personal tastes appear to have affected the factory's safety for the worse. His preferences were well known and led to cutting back on those standard safety signals. Musk apparently really hates the color yellow, don't we all? What? So instead of using the aforementioned hue, lane lines in the factory floor are painted in shades of gray. Fuck. No, you can't do that. Yeah, in a factory, hey. dude. <laughs> you can't do that. I know. I've worked in enough like warehouses hey. and shit. To, yes, I've worked in a factory too. I'm going to be uncool, and I'm not going to say. You know, I, sometimes there has to be rules, and like when there is giant power equipment, you need bright yellow lines to say where the fuck you shouldn't be. Not gray. Gray is the like worst. all the color. warehouses I worked in, they had yellow. Like, that's how you, that kept you in line. That's how you didn't move here. You didn't go there. You're not going to fucking run somebody over. A gray line is fucking absurd. It is absurd. And it, yellow is a good color for that because we're already conditioned to never cross a yellow line. Yes. You know, like, we're very much, like, when I'm driving a car... I can't, I feel like there's almost a wall on the yellow line. Um, I mean, I agree with Elon Musk about one thing. Yellow is a bad color, but it's also a color that assaults your eyes in such a way that it makes you more safe. Yeah, you know? Brian likes more tonality. Yeah. So instead of using the aforementioned, oh, okay. He is also not into having too many signs or the beeping sound forklifts make in reverse. God damn All, it, dude. Yeah. There, there, there's fucking humans here and this stuff is heavy. And like, I don't like, I like, there's no re like some of the safety stuff is ridiculous. But then again, if like a box of jeans that weighs a hundred pounds falls on your fucking head, it could break your goddamn neck. Right. And you, I think the thing about it also is I saw, I mean, I saw somebody fucking drive their cherry picker into the wrong place and have a high tensile wire smack him in the back of the fucking head yeah i've seen some fucking nasty stuff and it's like if that's outrageous if some Fuck of that the, guy man. even if some of the safety measures are, seem ridiculous to you it's like i would rather them be more ridiculous than they need to be than less ridiculous than they need to be i mean the idea that he doesn't like the sound of forklifts backing up is that's that is almost as absurd as the as the fucking not having yellow lines like that is fucking dangerous i can't those That's things bonkers. are already quiet and when you're walking around sometimes if you don't have your head on it i mean you could get it's, hit by one it's a little overboard but i do not want to get fucking hit by one yes <laughs> yeah it's obnoxious it sounds terrible sure i can understand fuck, aesthetically you know? yes aesthetically yeah i, I don't want to hear a fucking siren in my ear but if there isn't a, a two-ton vehicle coming towards me i'd want to know yeah i also uh just reiterating he also doesn't like having too many signs which is another thing it's yeah. like you gotta put the signs up i know that sometimes the signs seem ridiculous yeah. again i know that sometimes the sign seem ridiculous but sign makers need the work anyway you might as well just have the signs this the signs are fine yeah you know people need signs 
It's fine. If you don't like signs, put TVs on the wall. And then you can make all the different designs you want and shit. He's just completely not. Uh, he has no fucking experience doing that job or making those decisions. Oh. And shouldn't be involved with that at all. Oh, I agree. I agree. It's just a matter of time before somebody gets killed. A former safety lead said of the conditions in the factory. One employee attempted to call attention to these problems before eventually resigning. A few months into her job, White became so alarmed that she wrote to a human resources manager that risk of injury is too high. People are getting hurt every day and near hit incidents where people were almost getting crushed or hit by cars is unacceptable. In her March 2017 resignation letter, White recounted the time she told her boss, Seth Woody, that the plant layout was extremely dangerous to pedestrians. Woody, head of the safety team, told her that Elon didn't want signs, anything yellow, or to wear safety shoes in the plant and acknowledged it was a mess, she wrote. <laughs> That's the genius Elon Musk, by the way. That's I have made fun of Elon Musk on Twitter and been screamed at oh, yeah. by none of people, none learn of the people to it. in our circle. Or people anything. would wash his fucking feet. I know. <laughs> I know. None of the people in our circle, but like Rick and Morty people fucking love him yeah. so much. He's a messiah. Yeah. Like he, he just get he he just gets to sit and have people tell him how fucking smart he is. And he's He's like not doing anything. No. He's not inventing things. He's having other people invent things. It's not him that's doing. And who? Yeah, he cares? got he started. He got started scraping money off of digital transactions, which is like easy to do. It's like, oh yeah, uh, you want to pay each other? Sure, I'll do, I'll, I'll take that money and hand it to the other guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to take a little bit myself here, but sure. <laughs> Tesla, in a post on the company company blog, denies all the allegations in the report. Seems like that's hard to deny, and you know, um, <laughs> like how do you deny that you don't have that? Like they did they run in and paint everything yellow and hang signs up? Like, well, I, now we know how to defeat the motherfucker, right? He we reve he revealed his weakness. All we have to get is one of those shipping containers and paint it yellow on every fucking surface, and then throw him inside of it, right? Until or, he goes insane. Know, hopefully, he gets run over by a fucking forklift. Really, when that he's would walking be the around best. the factory, like, yes, that, that's the way to get rid of him. We need to start a Twitter campaign that's like Elon. You know, be in your factory. You need to be more hands on. You need to be walking around that. Very unsafe environment. <laughs> Where are we at here? I think we can do one more thing here, and uh, I think uh, I think we got. I, I I got this story I saw uh, earlier this week. Okay, get out of my face, man! I don't want that. I don't want to subscribe to the New York Times. It's the last thing I could ever want to do. Okay, uh, the New York Times website is being a real huge pain in the beans. I don't read enough of it to like actually care mm -hmm. about if I use my articles. One border patrol agent in Tucson said oh, he had been. A... Oh, sorry, go ahead. What I got oh. some advice for you, but go ahead. Oh, I okay. lost it. One border patrol agent in Tucson said he had been called a sellout and a kid killer. In El Paso, an agent said he and his colleagues in uniform had avoided eating lunch together except at certain BP-friendly restaurants because there's always the possibility of them spitting in your food. An agent in Arizona quit last year out of frustration. Caging people for a nonviolent activity, he said, started to eat away at me. 
For decades, the Border Patrol was a largely invisible security force. Along the southwestern border, its work was dusty and lonely. Between adrenaline-fueled chases, the shells of sunflower seeds piled up outside the windows of their idling pickup trucks. Agents called their slow-motion specialty laying in, hiding in the desert and brush for hours to wait and watch, and watch and wait. Uh, two years ago, when President Trump entered the White House with a pledge to close the door on illegal immigration, all that changed. The nearly 20,000 agents of the Border Patrol became the leading edge of one of the most aggressive immigration crackdowns in the history of the United States. Um, so uh, they're complaining. They feel bad. They feel. I mean, I don't think they feel bad for what they're doing. What I the, think they the, feel bad because people are mean. Did to the them. person said said the one person quit? Yeah, one person did quit. They did say one person Which, quit. Which, I mean, that's I'm, just that's a, what you should do. That is the right thing to do. I mean, I have to say, uh, just because I want to put a little nuance in this thing, is that everything in this world is grooming you to be patriotic and to sign up for service and do for you something for your com- your country and get a position, you know, protecting and serving whatever that bullshit is, right? There's a reason that people go into these fucking things. But... Once you're in there and you witness what's going on right now, you just fucking walk. You just walk. You just find something else. You j- figure out uh, a recipe that you can sell at the farmer's market and turn into a food truck and in a restaurant. Like I actually, you fucking go get some, you go learn a different skill. Like you just quit. That's all it is. Right. I actually had this conversation with my wife about like, you know, if I knew a border patrol agent, I think I would not. I, he's a piece of shit to me. Like, right. I don't want anything to do with you. You're, you're bad. And it's like, but I would almost love to hear, like, why are you, like, if you don't believe in the mission, why are you doing this? Because I think there's a lot of people who don't believe. So there are a lot of, I think the, the, they believe, I'm trying to say this, there's a lot of people who don't believe that, that their job is a net positive for the world, but that it's not, a super negative. So like when I say that, you know, hooking up cable for people probably led to the brain poisoning of a bunch of people that watched Fox news, Sure, but it wasn't this. It's not like the same thing. And I think border patrol or like ice agents, I think they look at it the same way. I looked, I think a lot of them look at it the same way. I looked at the cable company where it was like, okay, I'm probably not doing like a, positive for the world but it's not like really hurting anything and i have to make a living anyway so or maybe somebody that works at chick-fil-a that doesn't that believes in gay rights it's like they probably look at it like "Ah, you know fucking i wish i didn't but it's just what i do and that's how i make my money but this is a it's totally different but they believe they believe also that like america is an overall good and that like they're just going to go along with it you know and not complain and just believe that it will write itself it'll write itself on its path even though it's led to fucking a uh a reality tv star becoming the president uh-huh yeah 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 and it, it is it is um i i guess like some of the things they've done like destroying water jugs is one of the things these guys do. They go out and find water jugs that people have left for people that I mean, are crossing the border. That's like actively fucking evil. Seeing people that is, chain link fence is like, that's how they do dogs in like shelters. And I shit. know. I know. I know. It's it's absolutely. And they're saying morale has been poor in the past and it's abysmal now. I know a lot of guys just want to leave. 
you got to do can that. We, how like, can that we is do what that? you have to do. You don't give them shit because they don't deserve a, a, a something from us. They don't deserve right. fucking to get paid off because right. they sh- that is an immoral job. Right. And you leave that job is what you do. Yeah. You turn your life around. Yeah. You, you I guess do something else. I mean, life pre- is long. I mean, you can you can learn like you can change and. Uh, make mistakes. I mean, I I made mistakes in my life, and I think that at this point, you just have to not do it anymore. Right. The intense criticism that is being directed at the border patrol is necessary and important because I do think there's a culture of cruelty or callousness. Said Francisco Cantu, a former agent who was the author of "The Line Becomes a River," a memoir about his time in the agency. I mean, we did hear about those. Fa- did you hear about the Facebook group? That somebody found their way in. It was a. I'm surprised I didn't find my way in it somehow, but I didn't. But it was a private Facebook group for Border Patrol agents. And it uh, was fucking. Cru- they were just, and it's the same thing as cops. Yeah, you know, they just say very cruel things because off, they're very cruel people. Yeah, you that's know? how they're letting off steam. Yeah, and it, it's cruelty. They're you have, you have to, to be normal, cruel to that's do how that you job. Make it, yeah, that's how you make it comfortable. That's how you make it fucking normal, right? You say it out loud with your buddies and everybody sneers and laughs and chuckles and, you know, that it, that makes it so that you can do it every single day. Yes. Yeah. That creates the atmosphere. I mean, like all of those police that protect each other and even the ones that are doing, you know, the worst fucking crimes, even ones that know better still are like, well, you know, these guys, I can cut a fucking joke that uh, they know they understand, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some agents who were members of the group said the tone of the post shifted after Mr. Trump's election, becoming raunchier and more politically tinged. A post mocked the death of a 16-year-old migrant while in custody at Border Patrol Station in West Laco, Texas, with an image reading, Oh well. A member used an expletive to propose throwing burritos at two Latina congresswomen. And, and this is a post from an agent in South Texas. What really pisses me off that the agency knew about this group for a while. Those stories are true. They, there were patrol agents in charge there they knew it was wrong and most agents interviewed said a minority of those in the face group facebook group were responsible for the most offensive posts i will probably allow that okay i will probably allow that it was a minority of people that were but the rest of them were okay with it and probably put up with it chuckling this is what it's this is the problem it's like you they're saying out loud what the problem is and we've also been saying out loud that that's been the problem for you know decades now and they're just like well you know, they're not going to do anything to fix it and they don't see why we want to get rid of it you know yeah yeah um because you get too comfortable with these fuckers and protect them yeah i so i just wanted to do this story because uh what i want to say is keep treating them like garbage they, they deserve garbage. it and quit your fucking job if you're border patrol quit your job it's not a moral fucking job it's immoral to do that job yeah and there's no excuse for it and you are doing the bad guys work you right. are absolutely if there's anything it's ice and border patrol even maybe above like just the local cops but ice and border patrol are yeah like evil organizations you're yeah, working for the actual fucking bad ru- guys. Ru- ruining people's lives yeah yeah and killing uh, people yeah and killing people that too you know, absolutely letting people die. Uh, it's all there. I mean, just it's doing out- all of the cruelest stuff, like like all the stuff you read about when you read about these like evil governments or whatever. They're like actually out doing that stuff. Right. Yeah, that's that's the thing that you should 
at what point does your morality kick in if you're one of these guys, you know? Because you start thinking this about... too. Yeah. And uh, well, binary yeah. pals. Well, when you start thinking about, like... You start thinking about that old thing we all say where it's like, if I was around for slavery, I would have not been okay with it. You yeah. Know? And uh, these guys are, like, doing... I mean, these guys are... Are like okay with yeah what they're, they're showing doing. up for it yeah you know no there, there's a, there's, cool. there's a lot of support um, there's a lot of people that you know support them and back them and it's a, we have a big fight ahead of us and I uh, think a lot a, more people don't like them sure. I do think that the majority of us are sick and tired of this shit it's like one of those I think this and the war on drugs are two things that I think well, if we really took the comp the country's temperature the regular people's temperature i think they're sick of this they're sick of the war on drugs and they just want health care like that's yeah. all they want this is those are things that we have to do i mean of course ending wars and shit like that is important i hope we don't go to war with iran i keep seeing it and people smarter than me think it's going to happen so let's you know start organizing against that but you know it's like those are the three things people care about those are the three things right. that need to be remedy right yeah. fucking now yeah and you know it's even uh i mean it's just the stories are all awful and, and then nothing is just about it uh i did a 5k last weekend for chris which is community refugee and immigration services in uh columbus ohio and they get people resettled here and you know I, you know i'm not into the patriotic thing but it was just very sad because there was a woman with her children and her husband worked as a translator for the military and was unable to come over uh, and was risking his life by being over there because he fucking worked with them. And there is just paperwork and bureaucrats mm -hmm. and people that don't give a fuck that is have leaving that guy fucking stranded over there. And it was, I mean, it was really fucking sad to see, you know, and there were several people that shared stories like that. And it was, uh, it was unreal. So if, if you want to, if you have some extra money, send it to uh, chrisohio.org. You know, they do a lot more than resettling troops, but. Right. Brandon Judd, president of the National Border Patrol Council said, I, this I love. I love this. This is good. I just had a relative four days ago send me one of the nastiest emails I've ever had in my life. How bad of people we are. How taxpayer dollars should not be used to abuse individuals. It's like, that is a job. That is your fucking, that's my job. If I yeah. had a border patrol person in my family or my circle of friends, I would yeah, be nasty tell to them. them. They're like shitty. Yeah. So, uh, that's, that's the show this week. Yeah. You know? And a little piece of advice. If you want to beat the paywall outline.com okay so if you're over your reads for the month or you want to get around I'll never, something i'll never get there go to outline.com you can copy and paste an article it'll cut out all of the ads you don't have to worry about any pop-ups uh check it out i fucking love it thank you for supporting and listening to street fight radio if you're watching us on the on the stream we're going to be moving it around going to means tv at some point uh don't know exactly what's going down but there is a lot of bonus content coming through on patreon patreon.com slash street fight radio you can get uh the shocktober content happening you know in a couple weeks it's october uh brian and i recorded a, an episode about tom Likas. me brian and felix biederman from chapo trap house did a wonderful show last night uh, that was like over the top and really good. And I can't wait for everybody to hear that. And that's happening in October. Uh, you can see us on the stream. Thanks for everybody that chatted. I was in there with you. We appreciate all of this. We hope to spread this mess across the U.S. And we'll be there 
uh, in October. We're going to be in Texas, October 14th, 16th, 17th, and 18th. Look us up, store.streetfightradio.com for tickets or streetfightradio.com for like the full explanation. More shows. And for those of you that want to know the song that closes out, we can't put it on SoundCloud because they scrape the data and they will take it down if they see a licensed song. So streetfightradio.com is the only place that has the name for the closing song. I appreciate all your love and support. You can find us on social media at StreetFightWCRS. You can find Brian on Twitter at MurderBrian. Uh, you can find me hanging out mostly on Instagram on the Street Fight account and on Twitter as well recently. Uh, we... We'll see you on Sunday. We're going to do a call-in show. Get ready, 9 p.m. Eastern time. We want to hear your stories. Hey. I'm Brett. He's Brian. We're the number one anarcho comedy radio show on any station across the nation. Brian, I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap this thing up. What are you doing? You're you're, you're holding these people up. Well, I want to do something for our buddies. Okay, my buddy and me. Um, the Trillbillies are going to be in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay, on, uh, on September 29th. Okay, at the. Uh, Hey, something yacht club pretty pretty close yeah i think their venue changed no that's the that's the change that's the change the yacht club place um, yeah i think we could get there maybe we'll be there i think we're gonna like go and check it out and bring our wives and hang out and lee, check it out lee but baines is a rock star lee baines is a fucking rock star one of my one of the f- best people on the planet same with tom and terrence both just a couple of rock stars and here's the thing you know, we're going to we're going to go out there and we're going to view this thing and we're really one of the main reasons we're driving down there is they're saying there's going to be some special guests at this show. I want to like, see some good shit. Two special guests? Like that's who could even do who would I can't believe it. They're probably bringing some big guns. Heavy hitters out there. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. It's a secret. We haven't been informed yet, but I think I think people in Cincinnati, you know, Come and see who the guest is. Maybe it'll be something that you're very into if you're listening to this show. Us and the Trillbillies have a similar aesthetic. So, you know. Can't wait Except to get for down. Tom has like a way better voice than either one of us will ever have. But Fair. there you go. So, yeah, go to the Trillbillies, the Trillbillies uh, Twitter. And they, they've been posting it a lot. And uh, come out to the show and hang out with me on a night where I'm at a bar with my friends and I don't have to work. Yeah. Peace and hair grease. About this one time at Walmart listen, Walked in and played it so smooth I grabbed the shopping cart Break my cousin off a couple hundred Cause she play her part I scammed this same Walmart 50 times I gotta play it smart Listen to what I gotta say I'm about to get high. Play it crazy like I'm shopping here for clothes Then hit electronics Grab some Xboxes and TVs I think about seven I told them that these are all gifts So they won't even question Soon as I got up to the counter They start asking questions Like am I getting these for kids Or some family members I said cause I ain't get them none For Christmas in December She responded back like Okay sir I understand had an Xbox in the left and TV in the other hand Told her I think I lost my cash, let me call my friend I let two minutes pass by the reach inside my pocket this one shit about to get real and nobody can stop Pulled out the debit card that I just embossed Was hoping that the clerk ain't look at it weird and had to call the boss She asked me what I like to do, I said playing golf I stuttered when she asked that question, I had to play it all She said my total was 2500 plus tax Thinking to myself, soon as I'm done, I'm getting X max She bagged everything up and put them in the cart My shit approved, I no longer Got a racing heart Even though it went through I still gotta play a smart Cause I was here for gift cards From the very start Now I'm about to go to aisle 7 Where my cousin at She let me slide at any time And I'm loving that 
she let me push through 5,000 and I double back So you can add it up yourself how much I made it Got all the items that I needed then I disappeared Rental was filled up with Xboxes and TVs Was hot as hell on our way to AT&T Plus I had my Bluetooth MSR on the back seat Too hot to take the freeway, we took the back street I'm lucky we ain't get caught on our way to the phones Walk in smooth, I gotta go through these same steps But before I walk in, I gotta take a breath Walk up to the counter, can I apply for iPhone X? All my profiles got good credit, so I be paying less $400 down payment, but I ain't even stressed I love a profile with 700 credit score Cause I can grab four iPhones, then grab some more If I was doing it online, it'd be way quicker Punch however much the fees get next day shipping Then catch me somewhere where my plug next day flipping Off of this nigga alone, I made six figures I get a thousand every Jack, he and Mount Clemens Let me tell y'all about this one time at Walmart Walked in and played it so smooth, I grabbed the shopping cart Break my cousin off a couple hundred cause she play her part I scammed the same Walmart 50 times, I gotta play it smart